Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. Today's show is sponsored by SeatGeek, the smartest way to buy and sell tickets. Use the promo code LOHEAT, that's L-O-H-E-A-T, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your very first ticket purchase. Today's show is also brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, featuring a bunch of really great podcasts from all around the sports world of the NBA and the NFL. This is Locked On Heat, obviously, but... You can also go and check out Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, who David and I will be on uh, later this week, so go check that out. And the brand new show, Locked On Dolphins, covering the Miami Dolphins of the NFL. So if you're a South Florida sports fan, gotta go check that out over at the Locked On Podcast Network. Plenty of really great content and great shows over there for you. Okay, now on with the show. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm the editor at AllYouCanHeat.com. With me on the other line, he's a man of many bylines. It's David Ramil. How you doing, buddy? Oh, doing great as always, man. I survived Labor Day, and I'm looking forward to talking Heat basketball with you. What happened on Labor Day that you survived? Oh, you'll have to find out eventually, but not right now. <laughs> it's not not safe for podcasts. That's right. <laughs> well, we got a great show in store for you guys today. We're going to talk about Winslow's reportedly fixed jumper, what's going on with the starting shooting guard spot, Riley's comments about Shaquille O'Neal being the biggest acquisition in Miami history. But first, we're going to start with some Chris Bosh news. Um, Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald recently reporting that the Heat and Chris Bosh are working towards some sort of solution. It's a very vague report, but it's at least an optimistic report. Um, that the Heat are working on potential solutions and have said that they would like to try to get him back on the court. Maybe this has something to do with this new medication, this new blood thinner that could be out of his system within 8 to 10 hours, allowing him to play um, for night games. Or maybe it's some sort of other solution. We really don't know. But how much weight do you put in this uh, report, David? Are you as optimistic as they're letting on? I think we have no choice at this point. I think for most of the the Heat fan base, they're somewhat torn because, you know, it's been such a tumultuous two years with Bosch. We thought that was over, you know, at the end of last summer. Uh, You know, he was working back towards being part of a team. We were all optimistic that he was going to be there at full strength, and he was for the first half of the season. And then when the blood clots manifested themselves, not that we've ever really had confirmation of that, mind you. Um, you know, we were all worried for his health first and foremost, and I think that was the biggest concern there. But now, you know, with the playoffs, remember, we, we had that slightly contentious relationship between Bosch and his wife tweeting out things about his return and, and kind of seeming at odds with Miami's goals as far as keeping him off the roster or keeping him off the floor and not endangering his life. We don't know. And this this has all been so... Vague and, and much credit to Barry Jackson because he really is 
basically the only reporter who's really following up on these, not just from his conversations with doctors, but with the front office and trying to find out the latest news. So at this point, I think we should be optimistic because there's no other choice. We don't know anything else. And and from Mickey Arison, as we talked about last time, tweeting at Bosch and saying he's looking forward to seeing him out there to the you know, alleged progress that we're seeing that the relationship has been somewhat repaired and working towards a common goal of getting him back out there. There's a lot to be hopeful for. I mean, my biggest frustration with the whole Bosch situation so far has been just the lack of a timeline and the lack of steady news or a deadline by the Heat. I mean, we're we're a month away from training camp and we don't know Jack about Bosch. And we get little tweets from Mickey Harrison saying, can't wait to see you in training camp basketball emoji. Or we see, you know, this report by Barry Jackson. You're right, like much appreciated to Barry, like shouts to Barry Jackson, major shouts to Barry Jackson because he's he's keeping as much of a pulse on this as he possibly can but right. even so even with this report that said that they're working towards a solution it's it's at least they're working you know before i wasn't even sure if they were working on anything or if they were just what they were waiting on or what so right. if they're working on something that to me is major progress that's a huge sign at least something could come out of this maybe the solution is that bosch retires maybe the solution is that bosch doesn't play in home games or, or on away games only plays home games Maybe the solution is that you know what? Let's go with the blood thinners. They sound dope. Do that. Like I don't, I don't know what they are, but at least we're having conversations about it. According to Barry Jackson's report, this is the blood thinner thing is first on the table, right? They're going to decide whether or not that's a viable option, and from there, maybe they're going to go back to the drawing board. I don't know, but this is certainly something that is it should provide some optimism to Heat fans. I mean, it's the first time we've really gotten anything that's saying, okay, no, the Heat want to do something to get Bosch on the court. It can, if you believe this report, it can kind of, you know, put down any suspicion that the Heat are trying to do something malicious in order to get Bosch's um, uh, cap number waived off the books, right? Yeah, and, and plus the the information that we found out, as we discussed last time, that there is a little bit of leeway there regarding whether or not Chris Bosch plays this season, uh, whether or not his salary does count. As Barry Jackson reported it in his conversation with Nate Duncan, you know, there can be a nine game window during the regular season during which Bosch can play and together with the team, presumably, will make some kind of diagnosis and some kind of projection as to whether or not he'll be with the team moving forward. So there's. Something to look forward to. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about this so many times, but it bears repeating every time. We don't know what the season's going to look like because the issue with Bosch hangs over everything. It impacts the lineups. It impacts whether or not this team projects as a playoff contender. Uh, it, it impacts whether or not this team goes for a full rebuild or whether or not they make a move that, to strengthen the roster now because Riley's tired of waiting. There are so many different issues that could play into this. And Bosch's health, arguably, as one of the top players in the league, you know, it should have a major impact. You know, a lot of people tend to forget the kind of things that Bosch could do because he's been so overlooked during the Big Three era, because he hasn't been at 100% health over the last two seasons. But we're talking about one of the most versatile scorers and defenders in the league. I mean, he's he is a top probably 30 player, maybe even top 20 player at this point in his career just because of his health. Um, and I know a lot of people might think that's ludicrous, but I think we're forgetting how much of an impact he had during that big three era, the, the versatility that we saw on display there. And for him to come back here would really impact how Miami moves forward, not just this season, but the next. Absolutely. So before we move on to whether or not Justice Winslow's jumper is fixed, 
and what he's been working on this summer. I want to talk to you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show that you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and a website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. Right now, I have email alerts going into my inbox. I'm tracking this Leon Bridges show that's going to be happening at the Greek Theater. I'm a big Leon Bridges fan. I love his style. And I've got these price alerts tracking to my to my Gmail account. So anytime once it gets down to like what I'm looking at to spend on a couple a pair of tickets, then I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce on them. So that's a really cool thing that SeatGeek can offer you. You can track it, you don't have to really do any work. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make your life easier. For sports and music fans, SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, you save time, and you save money. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, Locked On Heat listeners get a $20 off rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, that's the first thing you gotta do, then go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code L-O-H-E-A-T, L-O-Heat, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your very first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code L-O-Heat today. All right. What a bargain. What a bargain. Um, so, Justice Winslow's jumper. This report that, again by Barry Jackson, that Winslow's been working with a shooting coach over the summer. And that the team and Winslow are, quote-unquote, very encouraged by his progress is this like how how newsworthy is this? I mean, obviously he's worked on his jumper. I guess the newsworthiness part is that they're encouraged. But how much do you buy into this? How much does something like this even matter? I think the newsworthiness is the fact that they felt it needed a shot doctor that it was that broken to begin with. I, I you know, we we saw him struggle with it, but he did get better throughout the course of the season. I didn't think it was at that point where you're thinking, man. This is so ugly, it needs to be fixed by some specialist here. Uh, but clearly that was the case. Um, either that or just, you know, that's maybe that's much more customary than we expect. And it's just Jackson's report that makes it seem like this is an out-of-the-ordinary step that the Heat has taken to help salvage Winslow's shooting. But I didn't think it was that disastrous to begin with. Clearly it was a, a deficiency of his that needed improving. That's not to say that it wasn't something he was working on his own, that it didn't necessarily require a shot doctor to improve it. But... Look, if it's working and he feels good and the rhythm gets down, the repetitions you know work their way, not just from preseason but also into the regular season, and he feels comfortable. That's all that matters. You know, I just want him to be able to knock down that shot with consistency because he's going to be a much much bigger part of the offense moving forward. Well, exactly that, right? I mean, I wonder how much Wade's departure and and Luol Deng's departure and Joe Johnson leaving all of that has to do with this shot doctor, so to speak, maybe all of that expedited the need for Winslow to develop that jumper sooner rather than later. I mean, if Wade's still here, if Luol Dang is still on the roster, or Joe Johnson or somebody, if this roster is still somewhat intact, if Chris Bosh even is is still healthy and you know that Winslow's not going to have to play stretch four minutes, you know, maybe you say, all right, no, we'll keep Winslow. He's only 20 years old. Let's let him come along naturally and let him develop at his pace. But with all these shots, I mean... With Wade, Dang, and Joe Johnson leaving, you're looking at like between 30 and 36 shots per game available. 
and somebody's got to be taking them. So I know got, who. You, you, you got to think that Winslow, <laughs> right? So, well, um, I would say Dion Waiters probably takes up a bulk of those shots. We can too. only hope that Waiters takes like twenty-five to thirty of them, right? <laughs> I, I see that as a distinct possibility. <laughs> so, um, I I think that it's, you know, it's good that they're saying it's encouraging. It's good that they're telling, you know, a reporter that they think it's encouraging, but. You know, we'll see what happens when he's under duress and he's got a defender closing in on him and a hand in his face, and we'll see if that, if those mechanics, those new fixed shooting mechanics, uh, stay, or if he right. reverts back to his old habits of what I guess a broken uh, uh, sh- shot stroke. So, um, all right, moving on. Ira Winderman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel reported that there is quote unquote no clear front runner for the starting shooting guard spot. You and I have talked a lot on this podcast about believing that Josh Richardson is the best at it, but unfortunately we don't make roster decisions or lineup decisions, even though I think with some of our ideas in the past, that might not entirely be true. They might be listening to this and be taking some advice from us. But um, nonetheless, we think Josh Richardson is best suited. Are you surprised at all that there's no clear front runner, or do you think that's just like coach speak for saying, all of you guys try your hardest and we'll see what happens? I think that's it. I mean, and I think that's a good strategy. I think Spolstra should know how to be able to motivate these guys on the team. And, and you do have a glut in the backcourt, you know, with a number of guys who can play point guard, shooting guard position. You have three-point specialists like Wayne Ellington. You have a guy like Waiters who's looking to parlay into a bigger contract. You have a young player like Josh Richardson and, and Tyler Johnson, you know. In Johnson's case, he's got his contract, but does he earn that money? I mean, is he just going to taper off? He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's just going to go quietly and collect his money. Um, and as far as Richardson's concerned, he wants to be able to be at that point. He wants to be able to you know, cash in within the next couple of years when his contract as a rookie expires. So I think it, it makes a lot of sense to kind of motivate these guys as much as possible and know that, you know, let them know that it's going to be an open competition. And I, and I think it should be. I think we'll have to see whether or not, you know, Dragic is able to take a major step forward, uh, what the offense is going to be, uh, how it's going to key on, on Dragic's, you know, various strengths and how he's going to be able to work together with, you know, Whiteside, who, as far as we know, are definitely going to be two of the five starters. We assume Winslow is the third starter there. We hope that Bosch is going to be as a starter as well. But other than that, let's say Bosch isn't available. You've got three-fifths of the starting lineup set. You know, where do those other two positions move on? Does Winslow slide to the power forward position? Do you go with Richardson at the three then? Do you insert Derek Williams or, or, or James Johnson? You know, there's so many different options here. So you want that to be as competitive as possible moving into training camp, and I think it makes sense. I, t- I think we tend to focus so much on offense, um, or just fans do, right? Like Josh Richardson is better is, is known as a good three-point shooter, a guy that can handle the ball, but Deion Waiter is known as this, you know, erratic, inconsistent, but sometimes and potentially great scorer who can right. score in bunches. And then, of course, Tyler Johnson, who's just like this hustle player and um, who's just wildly athletic and dunk and, and do all these things, get you a few rebounds. But uh, I think for the starting position, it at least comes down to who could play the best defense. And I think Waiters, Johnson, and Richardson all play really good defense. But I think what sets Richardson apart is his ability to defend multiple positions. I mean, we're talking about a guy that can defend positions one through three, probably better than any of them. So if you have him as your starting two guard, and let's say you do want to go small and move Winslow down to the four, then you bring in Deion Waiters, he could play the two, and then and Richardson slides down to the three. I think he just gives you the most lineup flexibility. So as far as 
if you're Eric Spolstra and you're thinking more of you're thinking more than just who's being announced as the starting five, and you're thinking about okay, what are my lineup patterns? Having Richardson as the first guy as a starting shooting guard just makes the most sense to me. So um, let's take a quick break and just give a quick shout out to some of our other Locked On Podcast Network podcasts. Number one, Locked On NBA, hosted by David Locke must listen NBA show for NBA fans. I mean, he's got great interviews with coaches and scouts and, and people around the league. Great insight. David Locke is an NBA veteran. Um, that's a must listen. And of course, Locked On Fantasy Basketball with our boy Josh Lloyd. We were on him, we were on with um, him earlier to record a fantasy basketball themed show uh, centered around the Miami Heat. So he had us on. He was kind enough to do that. We're going to post that um, we're going to dual post that show later on this week, so definitely look out for that. If you're a fantasy football or a fantasy basketball player, that's you know must listen podcast, and of course it's a must listen individual show because Dave and I are on it. So be sure to go and listen to all Locked On. Oh, and we just got Locked On Miami Dolphins, which I'm really excited about because I've been needing a good Miami Dolphins podcast, so I'm stoked with that with the NFL season coming up. I almost forgot to yeah. mention that Locked On Dolphins. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, a lot of I'm sure a lot of our listeners will listen from you know the Heat and then move on to the Dolphins, especially with their season just starting up. So it's an exciting time to be part of the Locked On Network. Exactly. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over three thousand hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code BOOM to get $30 off your first month. That's BOOM. Talkspace.com slash BOOM. B-O-O-M. Okay, moving on. Pat Riley's interesting comments, which I agree with. I mean, I'm just going to say right off the bat. I mean, went went ahead and said that. I'm going to paraphrase because I don't don't feel like reading the whole quote because it's just Pat Riley speak. But basically saying he believes that Shaquille O'Neal is the most important free agent acquisition, or is the most important acquisition in Miami Heat history, and even name dropped more than the big three, more than LeBron James. It's Shaq. It's for what he did to the franchise and the influence he set, and just and to put the Miami Heat on the map, so to speak. With maybe he's being nice with Shaquille O'Neal being inducted into the Hall of Fame this week. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. It's probably why he was asked the question in the first place. What do you think? It's so hard to gauge Riley's comments at this point because it seems like either 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 we're just becoming more aware of it as time goes on and he's no longer coaching or there's a part of him that's just part mischievous and, and, and maybe just a little bit bored being stuck in the front office and not really talking to as many people as possible. I, I don't know. I can't quite figure it out because – not only is it a slap in the face to the now departed Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Chris Bosh, who is still on your roster theoretically, but it's also kind of saying to Alonzo Mourning, the first move that Riley made when he first joined the team, sorry, buddy, you're not as good as Shaquille O'Neal was. Despite the seven seasons that you played here for this team, those all come you know, somewhere below Shaquille O'Neal's acquisition in 2005. Now, I, I agree with you to an extent that maybe O'Neal was the biggest acquisition, you know, in that he really did legitimize this team as a title contender because he thought he was doing that early when he acquired Mourning and Hardaway and Mashburn and all those other players. And it just didn't work out for him. So it's kind of disingenuous and, and sincere at the same time that maybe 
you know, O'Neill's acquisition made us a legitimate title contender, but he thought he was doing that in 95 when he got zoned in the first place. So that seems a little incongruous. You can't quite make, I don't know, a sense of it. Uh, and as far as the big three era, I mean, that, that defines the team completely. But maybe his point overall is just that this was the first time or, or, or a, a specific time that really made the Heat title contenders above everybody else. I think and, that's exactly it, right? It's if in a vacuum, obviously signing LeBron James and Chris Bosh and re-signing Dwayne Wade in one offseason in 2010 is one of the best offseasons ever, you know, if not the best offseason of all time, right? But I think he did say, it never happened without Shaq. That's, that's yeah, okay, I could see that. But he, he also did say individual acquisition so maybe in his view he's saying getting o'neill in 05 trumps getting lebron in 10 it's kind of funny that there's all this i mean with lebron having left the heat there's a lot of reports about you know the the fracture and in, in his and riley's uh relationship and it's just so sure. funny because when pat riley says things like this he really does sound like lebron james where he's just kind of like talking out of his ass a little bit you know and just <laughs> Which is like, if, if LeBron has a, a publicity fault, that's certainly it. Um, so it's just, it, like, you know, we put LeBron in this situation. It could just have easily been him saying this and, and not Riley. But um, I don't know how much, whether or not, I don't want to get too much into the semantics of if he said individually or if he meant this or meant that. But I do think just if, just taking the message on its face, was Shaq the biggest acquisition in Heat history? I think he was. Just because of the tone it set, the precedent it set, it legitimized the Heat, um, to use Riley's words. And without that, maybe Dwayne Wade never wins a championship in 2006, right? Maybe right. there's no championship culture, so to speak, that LeBron feels drawn to in, in one way or the other. That maybe Wade can't use his ring to help draw his buddy LeBron to South Beach. Maybe that never happens. Certainly, and we always forget this, I think, a lot, that Chris Bosh signed before LeBron got there. If Chris, maybe Chris Bosh doesn't want to join the Heat, if they never, if they're just like one of these middling teams that just have a standout young player, Dwayne Wade. Like I just, with Shaq, they won a championship, and a large part was because they had Shaq. I mean, I think with if if you were just the tip, if you were to take that domino out, they never fall in the way that the Heat get LeBron, go to four straight finals, win two of them, and become the most talked about team for four straight years. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a, an interesting argument, and and so much of Riley's comments can be misconstrued, and you know a lot of people, critics mostly, saying he's salty toward LeBron, and maybe that does play a part of it. Maybe as you've indicated, he's just making these comments uh, to kind of tie together with O'Neill's induction in the Basketball Hall of Fame. That certainly plays a part, I'm sure. But I, I do I do agree that his addition was was significant. Aside from just what it did on, on the court, mm-hmm. the fact that it was able to bring a title here, it, it did kind of also restructure the way this team was built, right? Because you, you blew up much of that roster, particularly in, in, in 05, 06. It was basically just Wade and O'Neal and then maybe a cast surrounding them. And it, it kind of set the template for what you did during the Big Three era or what Riley did during the Big Three era, that as long as you have those major superstars in place, you just need people to come in and fit specific roles. And that's why guys like Jason Capono and Damon Jones and et cetera, et cetera. Capono, shout out. I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought you'd like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, they were able to thrive while they were even guys like Michael Doliak, who never really played anywhere else or succeeded anywhere else. Uh, over here, they became functional role players because of the incredible individual talents of O'Neill and Wade, respectively. And I think uh, with O'Neill here, you're right. I mean, it, it did change the way the basketball world at large kind of viewed Miami, made this a, a much bigger uh, team and, and just celebrity status and everything else. It made it fun to watch, too. All of a sudden, from a team that had struggled to make the playoffs a couple seasons before, now all of a sudden you're on national television all the time and you've got – Arguably one of the biggest personalities to ever play in the NBA here in Miami. So it was a significant moment, a seminal moment in, in the team building of, of heat culture and everything else. And I, I could see Riley's point. Yeah. And not to forget, getting Shaq kicked off the string of uh, Christmas Day games that just recently was broken. So Ah, painful. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we got for today's show. And whether you were listening on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, Thank you for listening. You can get in touch with the show on Twitter at Locked On Heat or by email, or you can send us mailbag questions, inquire about advertising, or just say hi. That's LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. A big thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring the show, and a big thanks to David for joining me. <laughs> You're welcome, Wes. Always happy to join you on Locked On Heat. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>